Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. We are live from New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning, this very cold Tuesday morning here in New York City. At this hour, as New Yorkers, we like to think we know best. We know best how to do pizza. We know best how to do bagels. And we certainly know how to do real estate best. But selling a home is a lot different than deciding whether to go for brunch, whether or where to go for brunch. If you're selling a New York City apartment, do yourself a favor. Check your self-reliance at the door and consider hiring an agent. Working with an agent will you trust will make you sell, help selling your home much easier and much faster. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also at this hour, we have celebrities in the news buying and selling here in New York City as usual and the controversial quirk about Brooklyn and Queens. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I'm Vince Rocco, and this is a live edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate here in New York. In the news this morning, Graydon Carter, the infamous former editor of Vanity Fair, recently closed on a two-bedroom co-op at 45th Avenue. According to public records, Carter and his wife paid $3.42 million for the seventh floor unit, a 7% discount from the $3.695 million it was listed at last August. The property is a fitting choice for a journalist who's made a career hobnobbing with socialites and well-heeled artists. Located on Greenwich Village's Gold Coast, 40 Greenwich, uh, 45th Avenue has long been one of the neighborhood's most prestigious addresses. Although not yet confirmed, it's likely that the Carters will combine their unit on the seventh floor with the unit directly above, which is currently in contract. Combined, the duplex will have four bedrooms, two fireplaces, a dressing room off the master suite, and a full wall of north-facing windows. The property will also feature a formal dining room, an ideal setting for Carter's infamous dinner parties. A longtime uh, Greenwich Village resident, Carter also owns a townhouse just a couple of blocks to the west on Bank Street, which he purchased in 1998 for $2 million. And what I didn't know, he also owns the Waverly Inn, one of my favorite restaurants mm. in downtown West Village. Wow. Learn something new every day. Learn something new every day. I really thought it belonged to somebody else, unless he just recently bought it, but whatever. Anyway, it's not often that you hear a person with a 9,600-square-foot triplex listing the apartment for sale because, according to reports, her two children need more space. 9,600-square-foot <laughs> Is this in New York? I know that broker. He's got a shit-eating grin from ear to ear right I'm now. I'm sure he does. Her two children need more space, but... That is apparently why Alexis Stewart, only daughter of Martha Stewart, of course, has listed her minimalist West Village apartment for $53 million. According to the... $53 million. I mean, come on now. According to the Wall Street Journal, the younger Stewart purchased four separate units at 165 Charles Street in 2006 and 2007 for $35 million, then configured them into a massive six-bedroom triplex. The 50-something heir to the Martha Stewart empire has two children from her former marriage, which ended in 2004. According to the journal, Alexis is selling because her two children are getting older and would enjoy a yard, as would the family dog. Trading in those sweeping views for a yard, though, I'm not so sure that's a good choice. That's going to be tough. But in addition to the six bedrooms, the custom apartment boasts six full bathrooms, three large powder rooms, four terraces, and 100 feet of Hudson River views. Boy, do I have an Alexis uh, Stewart story for you all, but I'll tell you. Ooh, I'm brave. No, 
no, share it with the world. No, on break. Several stories, actually. On <laughs> Exclusive break. content. Exclusive content. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Newcomers to New only. York City may notice a controversial quirk when it comes to Brooklyn and Queens. These two boroughs are often talked about as if they are part of New York City, which they are. On a map, though, both boroughs look like they are part of Long Island. So is Brooklyn on Long Island and is Queens on Long Island. And while we're at it, where does that infamous Long Island accent come from anyway? Generally speaking and physically, yes, they are part of Long Island. Brooklyn and Queens are part of Long Island. But when people talk about Long Island, they almost always mean not Brooklyn or Queens, <laughs> but Nassau and Suffolk counties. Long Island. Or, or us Long Islanders hey. deny yeah. that we're even yeah. from Long Island. <laughs> yeah, I was born in Jersey. Yeah, I don't tell people that. I mean, I'm not telling you where I'm from. I'm from Long Island. Anyone else? I'm from I am too. No, I'm yeah. from oh. Westchester, but we always used to look at Long Island as wonderful. Because I mean, Westchester is like a, it's the same. Yeah. Westchester is just another division of Long Island. Uh, absolutely. But, so even though we only really think about Nassau and Suffolk counties, which Upstate. cover the rest of Long Island, Upstate. they have a very di- oh, different atmosphere and character to it. Mm-hmm. And Queens. <laughs> I mean, whatever, all in a, all in a day. But um, I don't really think of those two boroughs as being part of uh, Long Island. But when you do look at the map, it really, I mean. It, 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 it definitely really, is. Yeah. yeah, I've it's, always seen that because I've had to drive through all of them to get to Manhattan when I was growing up. Absolutely. And I also grew up on the border of Queens. And my father used to say, roll up the windows and lock the door. And I'd say, why? Well, because we're going <laughs> through Brooklyn and Queens. And I'd be like, well, that's not nice. <laughs> we're going to the beach. Roll up the windows and lock the door. <laughs> God forbid we stop at a light and it'd be like, you know, whatever. They're still doing that. I was just going to say that. They're still doing that and selling roses. And and now they're back again. But they used to come up to the window, and my dad would always give them money. And I'd be like, don't do that. You're telling us lock the windows and lock the doors and close the window. He'd always give them a dollar. Well, he cleaned the windows. So I mean, New York is New York. It doesn't matter whether you're in Brooklyn, Queens, or Manhattan. Sometimes they would take their their squeegee or whatever you want to call it and tap on you or try and break the window or whatever. If you didn't give them money. So it was like I've had them leave the uh, windshield wipers up. Like, right. All right, you're walking like you're not going to tip me. <laughs> right. Those are staying up. <laughs> you have to stop in traffic. Exactly. Exactly. Up and down again. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Many, many moons ago. All right. Anyway, uh, we haven't been live on on set in a, in a while, so I miss everybody. So just before we get into our panel discussion today, what are we seeing out there uh, in the marketplace? I guess as of March fifth. Three months into almost three months into this year, it's quite a, quite shocking where we are already uh, day wise. But uh, mm-hmm. are open houses getting more robust? Uh, business turning around a little bit? Buyers, sellers? What's slight uptick? I see. Yeah, I yeah, see a slight uptick. I yeah. do too. Slight yeah. uptick, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but combination of things. Our bidding war. Property was on the market for a year with another broker, and then we got in a bidding war. And, uh, so nice to be the second wife. Uh, is yeah. that something? This is your listing. No. Oh, okay. We represent the buyer. buyer. Yeah. yeah, well, the second wife oh. and the third wife, I mean, it is what it is, right? But that's typically what happens when mm-hmm. uh, when that uh, – and, and then it goes over, over asking price. It's just amazing to me. What do you think sellers are thinking – I'm sorry, buyers are thinking about today? Well, I'm going to get more to it later on, but I mean, I see that they're out more uh, at open houses than they have been for a while. Mm-hmm. So, But are they seriously looking or are they just kind of testing the market because it's a new year? We've gone on for a long time without really buying too much. And they're getting frustrated. What do you see? I mean, is it interesting to see the data? Are there more signed contracts? Are there, you know, yeah. it's, who knows what, I mean, when I say uptick, I mean, not just in sit, like my team did, you know, probably three signed contracts that were, things were sitting a little bit and it was like, right. when's this going to happen? Boom, January, February. Right. You know, and that's good. You know, it's, 
I, I think that's a positive sign. I don't know if it's because bonus money came in or we did a deal because yeah. of bonus money. Well, it's starting to come in right. since you know November. We did we did a couple off market things that that came off for the holidays that are still kind of you know there's so many of those that are really on but not really on. You know, I, I sell in a building on the west side, <clears throat> which I talk about all the time. Um, so it's no secret here, but. We were dead all of last year. I mean, from uh, an exclusive perspective or even, you know, bringing buyers over there for other agents who have listings over there, really kind of dead all year. At the start of this year, we're talking about almost four or five new listings coming to market in the same building that slept all of last year. And, you know, all the years when I'm in this business, it just, I remain still, you know, uncertain as to why or how or really what goes on in a buyer's mar- in a buyer's head because, Apartments were, could have been available last year, but nobody wanted to buy them. Nobody really wanted to sell them because they feared that they weren't going to get a good price. And now all of a sudden, you know, people are like, okay, I have to sell. Okay, I need to rent. Okay, I need to buy. I need to do whatever. And there's movement in this one particular building, um, plus other places that I'm noticing. So I guess my opinion is, I agree with all of you, I think we're uh, on the move. Mm-hmm. It's a good opinion to have when you agree with everybody. I know. <laughs> it makes it so much easier. Vince, it's also the general uptick now, too. It's, something, it's sometimes hard to, to kind of you know vet out what's the general uptick versus you know the spring uptick versus... Spring market. The stock yeah. market's yeah, doing well. Stock market. Yeah. So in the economy. Yeah. There's also a lot of negative media last year, a lot more than now. And buyers are just, they don't want to be the fools that too early in a down market. You know, just to comment on the negative media, you're absolutely 1,000% mm-hmm. correct. And I remember, you know, early on in my career, and I'm doing this 17 years, mm-hmm. so we're talking about a long time ago, when we really were looking at the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and all those wonderful listings that you needed a damn mm-hmm. magnifying glass right. to read, right? <laughs> but there was a period of time when, you know, the markets always come and go in this town, but there was a period of time when things were down and um, the mm-hmm. negative press was so to the point where most of us agents were like, what the hell is going on? Why do they keep writing these horrible stories? Why do they keep saying mm-hmm. doom and gloom when it's really not so doom and gloom, mm-hmm. whatever? But it does affect the buyer's mentality. It does affect the seller's mentality. And we, we saw a lot of that last year for a whole host of reasons. But then on the flip side of that, economy is unbelievable. The stock exactly. market is unbelievable. Makes no sense. Job growth is unbelievable. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on, and it's there. Uh, and you think, what are they sitting on? What are they waiting for? Why are they not wanting to pull the trigger? Some people are saying they're waiting for a stock market crash. I mean, I don't think there's a rhyme or reason to New York. It's going to crash before you buy something or after you buy something. So what is the difference? Right. Like It's like the guy who said to me a couple of, uh, last year, last year, well, you know, if North Korea bombs, you know, New York, I remember that. I remember I'm going to lose my, my $4 million investment yes. in this department. And I kind of looked at him and said, well, guess what? You ain't going to be here either. Yeah. Right. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? Get insurance. Get, get, get North Korea bomb insurance. Loads of London sells it. <laughs> Like, what a moron. And you leave it to the Sorry, I don't know if that was your best client. And you leave it to the birds that are flying around over the, the, the ash, you know, on the ground. I mean, it's like, yeah. come on now. Really? You're worried about your $4 million investment when no one's going to be here to even count it? Really? Yeah. But that's the same mentality. It's like, is it going to crash? Is it not going to crash? Are we going to do this? Or are we going to do that? So what? Do it. Right? Well, ultimately, though, it's the, it is the inventory, too, though. I mean, if there's serious buyers out there, very educated buyers... And all of a sudden, there's you know only one apartment in their price range that they're looking for, whatever. And then that goes. Now that's a bidding war. Rumor spreads, and that's how the market starts to shift. Is when the inventory starts to contract and people start to to buy stuff. But um, we're, we're not quite there yet, unfortunately. Um, we're getting there. I, I think, think we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. Yeah. 
I'm, I, I have to tell you something. Since de- December, I'm very, very optimistic and positive about this nine, uh, 2019 market. And, you know, most of last year we were talking about how doom and gloom was happening and all this stuff, and no one really could predict what 19 was going to do. I think we're going to do really well this mm-hmm. year. Surprisingly, you know, against all odds, maybe, but I think we're going to do really, really well. On that note, we have to take a break. Leave it there. Uh, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back. Oh, she was terrible. (laughs) We are back with Sean McPeak from Halstead, Anna Shagaloff from Halstead, Niall Lundgren from Compass. Jordan Shea from Douglas Elliman, Sean Atterbury from Core, and Phil Horrigan from Freely. And leasebreak.com. Before we get into our panel discussion, I want to ask you, Phil, what is the latest on all of this madness? <laughs> Rental commission reductions. Uh, yeah. Our chairman yesterday sent us uh, an email saying this can be serious and this can ev- eventually potentially affect our sales commissions because the local legislators, the Congress people, whatever, are really, you know, up our, you know, what 
over commissions. And right. I'm not quite sure I understand what's happening. First of all, if they would first look at the data before they even did something like this, the commissions have been going down dramatically, rental commissions, over the last, say, 10 years. I mean, maybe they used to be mostly 15%. They're not. They're mostly one month anyway. anyway. And the few that are co-broke that are, you know, 15%. And that's another thing. Are they really just thinking about a co-broke deal? Do they really want to share, have two brokers share one month commission? But the, the truth yes, is, why that, they, the, yes, that's right, what they right. want. But why are they even putting their hands in our pockets? I don't understand this. If they, if they have, if they really want to, because they're getting away with it. If they really want to deal for for political they're sake, business. they're crushing business every every right. which direction. Doesn't matter if you're a little broker or you're a giant conglomerate. But like for political sake, if they really want to get involved and help low income people, I totally get that. But then provide a voucher or something like that for people that need it. This is this they is what I was thinking about yesterday. Right. So you have the low income, the the affordable housing, that whole you know move. And I'm not against it. Absolutely fine. But don't take away from the the luxury market where people can and are willing to pay a fee. For example, just this week, of course, I come back from Florida, you know, delayed flight, a whole big drama, whatever. The first thing that happens, I show one of our rentals on 23rd Street in Chelsea, and the guy wants it. He already lives in the building. He just wants to move from one smaller apartment to a bigger apartment. Go to find out two days later, he tells my business partner, well, I have an issue with the commissions. Why do you have an issue with the commissions? Well, I read press recently about the legislature uh, in New York City saying that, you know, uh, uh, and I'm like, excuse me? One week after this gets announced and already people are starting to say, he's starting to say, I don't want to pay a commission. Guess what, dude? Next. And it's, it's so not thought through because there are multi-billion. It makes no sense. There are multi-billion companies that pay to relocate their employees are we really going to now tell them that they well they they only they pay one month they're going to tell you exactly by the so way we're, we're, in New York City I don't have to we don't have to pay commission I mean anymore. it just they makes no commissions sense. at what eight point seven percent yeah what is this uh, I haven't even heard about this is a new update yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah like, this cap. is like last week it it was or two weeks ago it was announced and then yesterday our chairman sent out a, an email saying okay. that they're 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 looking into it Rebney needs to really get involved and do something about this. This is the they state are, yeah. levels? Yeah. The state state level? Fights for it's our rights. It's a city level, <laughs> city level <laughs> going up to the state level. I'm so happy to give ideas every insane. year. That's mm-hmm. insane. And, 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 and our They did really well on the tax issue. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. It's true. Yeah, all these people banging us out at every step of the way. Well, there's there's no value. There's no value in what we do. I don't understand. No. Apparently there's... This is a very difficult job to do. Let alone, you know, deal yeah. with all these obstacles. I don't exactly. Know, very, well, because the way they look never, at it it's is, it's never been harder to be. There's a, a reason we're hired. That's history. right. It's never it's been true. harder. It's never true. been harder. There are plenty of no. Except for when there were no cell phones and no uh, fee apartment, but at least allow us to do our job. Right. And the no fee apartment syndrome has hurt us anyway through the years. But but you're right. If there was sometimes that's the owner paying us. That's okay. Well, sometimes the owner paying. Yeah. Well, that's what it's going to come down to. I think the owner. We're going to have to go to. I'm just thinking about the private condominium. I really only do rentals when it comes to condos that I sell, et cetera. Helping so, our people, yeah. Helping our people. So uh, full service, right? right? So helping our people. But at the end of the day, you know, if we are now going to have to go to the owners to say you have to pay the commission, and on top of which, we sometimes ask them to pay a lot of the broker fees, because uh, the uh, uh, board application fees, yeah. because they're astronomical the last yeah, two years or three years. So, you know, it's going to get to a point where you're going to, not even want uh, investors aren't going to want to buy anymore or decide instead of you know man maybe this is good instead of renting because they have to make a life change they'll just sell it and move on yeah especially now the condos are getting uh, more co-op like 
Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is it's not like it's a monopoly. It's not like they have to restrain this trade because it's a monopoly. I mean, one, if, if one the, like if, community organizer paid a, a broker fee and then he decided to go on a crusade. That's the way I read it. I mean, these people have I, no yeah. clue if, what they're talking. They don't understand yeah. the industry. They don't make an effort to un- understand any industry. They haven't a clue what the if industry is. If the broker fee is too high, the, the tenant or the renter will say, no, I don't want to pay it. And they'll walk. Then there's a market. There's a market. People will pay. People will pay. To accept less commissions. Well, I mean, it's just let the market work. As it should. Yes. Well, as, as, as Niall said a little while ago, the, you know, it's kind of like they're diminishing the value that the broker brings to the table in a rental transaction. Again, if it's a condominium, especially, you know, a seller is not going to, or an owner rather, is not going to sit there and want to, you know, show it every time somebody wants to see it. Screen every applicant. Make sure you vet them to see if they're going to pass the board. Do all the board package work. I mean, come on, they don't. They don't want to do that. I find that there's no loyalty in a, at a certain level unless you have a relationship with the rental client anyway, regardless anyway. of all this street easy stuff. That's right. So I mean, there's so many no fee listings outside of all of this that you show them things that they're you know going to have to pay a fee and then they just go on their own and find a no fee and then apologize well i mean one of the things i found disturbing yesterday in the, in the note from our chairman was that you know if you think it's going to stop here at rentals be aware it potentially could trickle over into the sales commission because everybody still complains about our sales commission and still wants to put near their hands in our pocket you know, 6% is is the standard industry um, uh, percentage here in New York City. A lot of times, depending on listing and owner, et cetera, you got to do 5%. But can you imagine if they start doing that? And like you said before, who, Phil, who wants to split one month rental commission with a co-broker? What yeah. the hell are you, what are you yeah, working the, for? The quality of rentals will go down. Because a lot of good brokers, brokers aren't going to work out of the industry. Yeah. That'll, be the, that'll be the final straw for many, many people. Well, Sean, as you said, they're very short-sighted because in addition to the problems we have with listing rentals on Street Easy, having to pay for it, now having to pay for sales, now half they're literally putting insane. us out of business or trying to put us out of business. I'd like to know for how no they think we can Yeah, where is with all this? They don't care how we continue. They don't want us to continue. That's the problem. Are they listening right now because it would be nice if Rebney sort of, you know, Rebney, came to the floor. They did a terrible job on the tax issue. Or if anyone's listening from Rebney, market. give us a call right now. Yeah, call Rebney's in. Call in. Call in. They're hiding under the bed. <laughs> you know what? It's too hard. What are we paying for? I don't you know. You know the old expression: yeah, something is too hard, you run the other way because you'd rather do something that's really? easy or five yes. easy things, yeah. and then it can't deal with a difficult thing. That's what they do. And I'm sorry, Rebney, but you know what? You're falling down on the stick. Not working for me. And six hundred dollars a year to to join them to do for what? For what? Yes, it's a, yeah. it's a monopoly. It's a forced union. They mm-hmm. they don't <clears throat> they do not represent residential brokers. That's why NIRAC came into existence because right. we're we're treated so poorly. We're taken advantage of. We're taken for granted. Yeah, they didn't have thirty thousand people paying dues all of a sudden, I think they might respond. No. Well, how effective is NIRAC? I mean... Well, they're brand new, so brand let's new. see what they do. I mean, they're, what, six months into the into their you know organization? We'll I see. haven't seen it's much It's a call to action, them. people. A big call to action. People may not also feel sympathy for brokers, but... Nobody does. But, <laughs> no. but, no. but no. the no. services will start to suffer, and that is a real thing. If you don't feel sympathy for brokers, okay, fine. But uh, getting back to the rental I mean, thing, that, that entire industry is going to devolve into a slimier... You know, system. At least this is a heavily regulated industry. We all have licenses; they're state issued. It's all it's all regulated. I think there is a certain standard that will diminish and devolve if it you know drops to a certain level. I think I I totally agree. And it's you know, look, seeing seeing you know the future is really what's going to tell us where we are, where we're going. I, think, I don't I think know where we're affect, going. I think it'll affect the market. I think the sales and rental market has been affected 
significantly by the street easy changes. Absolutely. Well, because that's as only a listing percent. broker, we get zero buyer inquiries at this point on half the listings we have. I don't. I haven't Anything gotten any in million, two months. You get nothing. And I think I think what's going to have to happen is the owners are going to have to file a class action lawsuit, and it's not going to be coming from the brokers. And it really needs to come from the owners who. Whose uh, when properties you, are when you say devalued. owners, you mean owners of the property? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sellers, sellers, landlords. They're going to have to be the ones that but let me ask that you break that break the stranglehold on the. But industry. let me ask you something, Sean. How aware do you think the owners of these properties are? I, I mean, think, they, they, they the kind of just pay no attention. Maybe I, I agree, but I think that when you have such a sluggish market and values are going down, I think that's when they pay attention. And I think that it's up to brokers to educate everybody and to let them know. This is what happened a year and a half ago. We've seen prices and traffic uh, decrease dramatically, and we think it's because of Street Easy. And now this is coming along, and this is going to hurt you know, the volume of showings in your property even more, which is going to affect the price. A lot of rental That's listings aren't even making well, it onto Street Easy because of the $4.50 uh, per day fee. Correct. So, I mean, I, have, I, have a, I, I don't do a ton of rentals with clients. I do, uh, if I have the exclusive, I'll do it. But um, I have a lot of people that are asking questions. You know, I didn't see this listing. I didn't see that listing. And I said, well, people don't want to pay And anymore. it was 32,000 they had. 32,000 list, 32, listings. And now there's 14,000 exactly. change. Exactly. That is a huge difference. Huge. Massive. It's like yep. taking a record. And the listings are out there. It's just but not as I not say each easy. week, and I probably have asked you before, Phil, how, how uh, aware do you think the consumer out there realizes that they're cut in half. The listings that are available out there are now cut. In, they're still out there, right. but they're not showing on Street Easy. Exactly. So how aware do you think the consumer is? Because until the consumer, I think what Sean said before, the, the, the owners of the apartments, whatever, until the consumer understands that they're getting screwed, Maybe. Well, they're right. starting to ask questions because yeah. the ones that are on Street Easy have been lingering there or they're, they're a bait and switch. Right. Now, so, there are other vehicles to find them, as we all right. know, freely and lease break, right. but... You know, until that gets, right. you know, I do have, I'm not, I, 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 Vince, in a couple of weeks, I want to come back here. I'm going to announce something really cool that I think is going to help. And it's going to help bring integrity back to the marketplace. I'm so excited about it. And it's going to be on this yes. issue. But, but before, but before I do that, uh, it's a, so this, you're right. The consumers don't know. They don't know about it. But like Anna said, they are starting to ask questions. Yeah. And I have some data on lease break that strongly indicates that less and less people are going to Street Easy. And you're so on, I'm you're, telling you're you, on the, you're, on the inside, about you're on the inside. So yes, so I agree with that. You I can see it. that. Yeah, I see. It. So it's like I'm like watching. I actually asked. We recently did like a whole study the last five years to look at because when someone doesn't post on our site, we ask them, "Well, if you didn't rent it on lease break, where did you rent it from?" And it's amazing over time since 2017, which is when I mean literally you could see a straight line from yeah. when they started yeah. to to charge to now. And less and less apartments are getting rented on Street Easy, and more are getting rented in other places. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's it's gonna it's gonna that's change. Perfect. It just takes time. But I, I do have an, another idea that's gonna accelerate it, and it's, I'm so excited because it's really the idea came from brokers, and I'm gonna talk about it in a couple of weeks. I'm super excited about it. All right, so let's move on. As New Yorkers, we like to think we know best. As I said at the top of the show, we know how to do pizza best, and that's for sure. I was in Florida recently, and you know, pizza is just not pizza. <laughs> not so good. Not so good. Not so good. Actually, it's not even good in Italy. It sucks in Italy, but. But in New York City, pizza's great. Wow. And we certainly know real estate best. But sell, and we know bagels best, right? Yes. We're going to get a New York bagel outside of New York City. That's true. You're not Is there anything we don't know best, Vince? Absolutely. Coffee? <laughs> well, I like guess well, Starbucks. Southern hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can do that, too, actually. No, I don't like, I don't like 
the the what I call it, designer coffees. I like what my father used to call the dirty water coffee yeah, on dirt. the carts. We used to call the hot dogs dirty water dogs. Cup same thing. Though. Right, same thing. They haven't cleaned the urine in 25 years, but yet that coffee tastes delicious. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw Vince's face, it was it was beaming. I beamed rid of my cup. I, it's, it's unbelievable. So if you're selling, and we certainly know how to do real estate well or better in New York City, I think, than any place else. So if you're selling an apartment, do yourself a favor. Check your self-reliance and your confidence at the door and consider hiring an agent. Working with an agent you trust will make selling your home much easier. Especially after the conversation we just had. (laughs) Well, that's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you find a real estate agent to negotiate a contract? See, that's the other thing, like we talked about before a minute ago. You think you can do all these things on your own, but when you come down to, all right, I find an apartment. Now I've got to do my own board package. Now I've got to do this. Now I have to do that. Oh, I don't understand this contract. You know, yes, I have an attorney, but what? I there mean, are so many sellers that try to do FISBO and then end up hiring a broker. You're always, actually is, yeah, is and you're number. actually, they're actually going to get more money on their property. It's 89%, 89% of, the, and that's the research that I did, 89% of FISBO um, sellers eventually uh, get a real estate. You guys know the other thing was that uh, with an agent. proven statistics that show that working with an agent gets you a higher net. A higher exactly. number, exactly. Yeah. The owner, the great. original, the yeah. founder of Fizbo used a broker yes, to did. sell his apartment. Come on. He tried, yes, he yes, tried yes. to sell it There's on his an own. About that. I actually know him personally. <laughs> did well, you get right? <laughs> No, no, but it's a okay. fact. Okay, wow. All right. Easy did. Well, it's 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 very true. We all understand the value, as somebody said before, the value of um, of working with a broker. (laughs) And what I want to say also is, at the end of the day, when you hire, it's not just a matter of selling your apartment, listing your apartment on any of these sites, whatever, and selling it on your own and having to do all the work. But prior to doing that. Do you think about professional photography or using your cell phone? Do you think about staging if that's necessary, or decluttering if that's necessary? When do you list? Do you understand the marketplace or where you fall in the marketplace at a particular time? What are the comps? What I mean, every seller I know wants to ask $150,000 more than, they, than they're than worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just nature of people selling apartments. When do you do open houses? And are you available to do open houses? Are you going to put all the collateral together and paperwork together to give out to people, work with a banker to maybe you know uh, discuss all of the um, loan availabilities how do you have a fair in. negotiation? They're, they're never available. And then how do you have a fair negotiation? So, no, of course not. So, how you know, when you when you really consider doing this on your own, guys, it, we're not just saying that because we're agents. And I've seen it many, mm-hmm. many times where people have come screaming back saying, oh, my God, you were right. Please help me out. I had a board turned down. Or I can't really take the time from work to take all these phone calls. We all exactly. know what my that's favorite, about, My right? favorite stories, and I have two of them, is where an owner tried to sell on their own for maybe two or three months. Then they came to me. And I said, this is underpriced. I said, I'm going to sell it for you. It's going to include the commission. In other words, it's going to be almost free to you. And I'm going to sell it for you know, more than 6%, essentially. And that's like the greatest feeling you know, in the world. It's, well, like that, it's, it's like you literally just added so much value. Pro- proved, you proved it. You well, proved him I, I think I've told this story many times. And before we go to break, I'll tell it quickly again. In the building I sell in all the time, building specialists for the last 12 years, uh, the seller said she interviewed me. She knows me because I sold her her apartment, etc. And she said, "No, no, no, Vince." She said, "I think I'm going to do it on my own." She said, and "As a matter of fact, I think my tenant wants to buy it from me." I said, "Okay, what are you going to ask?" And she wouldn't tell me. So of course, um, I see it go up on Street Easy probably, and she's asking nine hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars for an apartment that 
was worth at the time 1.2. Oh, she said, so I called her and I said, excuse me, Elizabeth, what the hell are you doing? She said, uh, I said, you're not going to get past the board here. Trust me. She said, oh, no, no, no. It's a friends and family kind of thing. He's been renting from me for, you know, two years. You put the renter in. You know how qualified he is. I said, that's not the point. The point is your apartment is worth much more, to Phil's point, than you are asking right now. Long story short, board said, no, condominium, uh, first right of refusal, go away. They bought the apartment from her, gave it to me. I listed it for 1.2 and got 1.25. Bang. <laughs> On that nice. note, we got to go to break. We'll be right back. I love <laughs> stories like that. That's a truth. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Everybody, we are back and we are here with Sean McPeak, uh, Anna Shagaloff, Niall Lundgren, Jordan, Jordan Shea, Sean Atterbury, and Phil Oregon. All right. So when you take the sales price of an apartment and divide it by the total square feet, uh, you get the cost per square foot, a number that varies wild, uh, wildly around the city, <clears throat> depending on size, depending on building, depending on neighborhood, all that's good stuff. For Manhattan, you can see uh, apartments that cost as low as $600 per foot where 
uh, oh, in Inwood, okay, to $10,000 <laughs> per foot in trophy properties like on Central Park West, for example, uh, or Fifth Avenue. It's a metric that buyers and sellers expect to see and can be useful when you are comparing apartments within a segment of the market. So, but how much does it really tell you? Okay, because, you know, I think we've all been in this business long enough. The first question they ask is how much uh, is the apartment? Second question is, you know, what is the price per square foot? Third question is, I'm walking to the window so I can see the view before they even, you know, digest the rest of the apartment. So why is price, and then we've had this conversation before. We talked about it when the NIRAC people were here. Why is price per square foot the Bible of buying and selling real estate in this town? It it, it, it just amazes me. What well, price is. per square foot? <clears throat> price just, per square foot. I think Street Easy came along and changed the whole game. Nobody ever cared, and they'd say, "Well, it's a big apartment. Do you like it?" I mean, it, only because they I didn't published think about it. it. Right. They, right. Publishing it, published. it made everybody days really on market. care. Days on market. Yeah. That's another yeah. one. Days on market is the one I think. To be honest with you, I think that price per square foot. Somebody was going to publish this data at any point. It's just the internet. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's a simple division, I, I really think. But, anyway. but the serious buyers usually come around to asking that question anyway. I feel like even before Street Easy days, like they still would want to know. But to, here's what, Vince, here's all I got. Like if you have a, if you had two apples and like one was twice as big as the other, it's easy to say, oh, okay, that's probably twice as big and it's probably worth twice as much. It is really hard, even, even for me and maybe a lot of you here that's been in the business a long time, to walk into an apartment and have a sense of what that square foot footage is, it's it's easy to have that quick metric that kind of quickly lets you know. It's it's a way to understand very quickly how big the closets are, the hallways, all this kind of thing. I mean, you walk into an apartment, it, it's not easy. The human mind does not work that way to very quickly be like, okay, I have a way to compare this apartment with this other apartment. Well, let's pull that back a little bit because, you know, gone are the days when I used to, you know, first of all, hopefully it's changing, but you can't really, you know, quote square footage of co-ops. Condos, you can because they're in the offering plan by the attorney general, so it's kind my knowledge, everybody knows. You know, going to the days when I, because I can't even get away with it anymore, when I'd say to people, you know what, forget the numbers for a minute. I will tell you what the number is, but just forget it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Just walk around and just look at this apartment from a visual perspective, okay? Can my life fit into this these rooms? Can my furniture and all of my worldly belongings fit into this whole apartment? Blah, blah. If that answer then is yes, and everything else is pleasing out the window and whatever, the building is nice, then why are you hung up on numbers? Then when you tell, and they, they'll give you a yes, okay? Then when you tell them if they're looking for 1,400 square feet and this comes in 1,150, 1,200, oh, no, 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 that's too small. <laughs> right? Well, well, but but you just But it's not even it just works. standing in the apartment and looking around. It's also, look at the floor plan. Look where the square footage is coming from. Before if you've got a long, entry it's completely misleading. You've got 1,500 square waste. feet and 300 of those feet is an entry. Exactly. I always say usable <laughs> square footage. Right, like, but then you have yeah. the people. Yeah. Then you have the people, especially in a co-op, yeah. that will try to calculate their own square footage, and they don't count the kitchen, the closets, the bathrooms, the hallways. And when you and, tell them and, that and closets are part of square footage, they say no. And the walls. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you can call it that, but so are yeah. gym and hallway space. The, the attorney general allows a well, certain condo, percentage in condo to go there. So if somebody thinks they're purchasing 1,500 square feet of living space, and you're not. Yeah, but the brokers that do that, I mean, come on, people. That, that's well, no, that's that's the attorney general. They allow, they allow percentage. It, 
Really? I'm fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, they, I'm they, not fine with it. What do you, they, that's what's with? the published uh, counting yeah. elements of the common area in which yeah, you have interest. I mean, I'm not fine with it. should probably be disclosed more. Yeah, it should be disclosed. Right. Well, the thing is, I'm not doing the calculation. I'm just going from the offering plan. And the offering well, plan, right. five it, times it, out on of a time, you have to use the offering plan. And so it's, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I sort of agree with you. Actually, I do agree with you. But at the end of the day, you know, you get away with you know, um, misrepresentation by saying, mm-hmm. here's the offering plan. It's up to you and your attorney. Now, what's interesting to me is people who are so hung up on numbers. Now, you know, an 800 square foot condominium, uh, a one bedroom apartment is not 800 square feet. You're lucky if it's seven or 725. Okay. Mm-hmm. With all the common spaces and whatever else, but yet people don't think about that. Again, this is my argument with the visual. They'll say, Oh no, no. The offering plan says it's 850 square feet. So what? I can tell you this is 3000 square feet. That's my opinion. But then, so you have to go by the offering plan because at least you can't contest it. They can't. Yeah. They can't sue you for it. And that's right. And in the co-op, they can get hung up on all these things because we don't post uh, square foot numbers. I think we're changing that a little bit. I hope we change that again. But um, I mean, because sometimes we don't even know ourselves what they are because we just unless you had a floor plan drawn mm-hmm. and our guy tells us, hey, it's this. I think it's this big or that's. But small. then even there, I mean, so many people, so many different floor plan guys measure different ways. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's well, right. I agree with you. I mean, I just tell people it's about feel of the mm-hmm. apartment, yeah. and it's not about sure. square footage. For and sure. then That's one thing, also, even when doing condo showings, I tell people about the square footage is about this number. That's right. And I always underquote. Mm-hmm. So it's about 720 square feet, yeah. even when I know it's 735, oh. whatever. Yes, 5,000 square foot apartment. You're, you're not going <laughs> to go, go, go get you. hung up no. when an appraiser comes Absolutely. in and tells me I'm 10 square feet less. Like. No, no, no. Absolutely. And and at the end of the day, it's a visual thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's can you feel living in here? Can you can, can you appreciate the space the way it flows? Look, you know, you can get an 800 square foot apartment and an 800 square foot apartment. A flows differently than B, so A may work for me or B may work for me. So it's really kind of a visual thing. It's not always about the, the visual. Number. You know the visual can be very tricky. You know that. As, well, that's I why I just that, gonna... well, that's why I said the A and the B are same square footage, but they're very different. Right. Yeah, but if you're standing in an empty apartment. Exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. Like a yeah. buyer could be right. tricked by the visual. And that's why for me, when I'm a buyer, you know, I like to know at least what the square footage is as a starting point. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it's the be all and end all. I get it. Yeah. No, I, I I get it too. And then then again, you you have our our wonderful uh, financial um, spreadsheet uh, people who buy apartments <laughs> in this town, and they don't care about anything else but the numbers. So it's a deal killer. Before that, they, they won't even look at it. They won't yeah, even look at it true. unless it's a certain because yeah. they what do they do with that? And that's the whole point of the story. They calculate, you know, the price per square foot, and am I overpaying for this apartment or underpaying? Anyway, that's a debate that will go on in this town probably uh, well after we are all retired. And I'm the oldest one here, so that's going to be a long way down. <laughs> 17 years in the business. 17 years in the business. <laughs> wait, wait till you see my... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so deals that closed at the end of 2018 got significant discounts. Do you think that that's true? <laughs> my newest promotion coming out is what I was going to say. <laughs> deals yes, that closed, uh, closed, not sold, closed at the end of 2018, so last December... Uh, got the biggest discounts um, that we've seen in a long time. Now, this is new development, and this is also resale stuff. Do you agree with that or not agree with that? I would say so. I mean, you look at 157, for example. I think apartment 60B sold at a 24% discount. So some lingering new developments. That's big for you know, You're numbers. seeing big yeah. discounts. Yeah, that's, it's, it's right. a market average, which is thrown, again, off by these like you could get even at four thirty by like four thirty two if you could get if you're paying over forty deals for like twenty three off. 
Like, what do you, I mean, that's, that's over 430. 30, clarify that, over 40 million, you're getting 23 yeah, off. That's which still was a the, lot of money. Which was the bulk of their, that was their entire remaining inventory. Right. You're getting 20 to 23 points off. And that general sales number, if you extrapolate at $200 million at 23, that how much of the sales volume is that actually throwing the numbers off? That's not like a true one-bed number. That's a lux, but on a market average, that's how it's affecting it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, let's discuss the consequences of a lowball offer. Is that still happening today in today's yes. market? I mean, all of last year, it absolutely was happening all over the place. Rentals mm-hmm. and in sales. We still seeing a lot of that today? People will people will actually give you a response now. Um, mm-hmm. it's not, that's yeah, very, it's, conver- that's very... It always comes back to strategy. Yeah. It always comes back to strategy. But yes. I usually always call and say, hey, listen, I don't want to be insulting. Is this going to start a conversation? Yeah. Or are we going to... As a broker, you have yeah. to preface 100%. it with a, with a phone call. For sure. call yeah. first. Yeah. Even if it's a good offer. Even if it's a good offer, you call that is so important. You know, we, we forget sometimes how important a simple phone call is. When I first started in this business, as most of you, we used to call brokers. 17 years ago. 17 years ago. <laughs> we used to call brokers, right? Mm-hmm. And even, even oh, to I just still float do. a, well, me too, yeah. but even to just float a, you know, what about this or what about right. that? Today, you just get a text oh, out of no, no, no. or you get an email out of My lawyer advised what? me to write you an email. Uh, but I mean, more than anything, it's a... Um, you can it, follow up with one, but call me it's first, It's the please. start of a connection with that person yes. and to bring you both to work together to Absolutely. find that mutual The number. last thing you want to do is insult an owner with a lowball offer right off the bat. Because you don't want that owner to find a reason to not go with you down the road because you insulted them with a lowball offer. Right. So you got to be really careful with that. Mm-hmm. And pre- when presenting, you have to have all that backup. Yeah, yep. I mean, you, you, you can't. It's not just a simple two sentence anymore. All right, critical to have relationships with attorneys and professionals. Uh, uh, you know, all kinds of stagers. You know, attorneys, uh, bankers. This is for us now, so we can give this information or give these relationships if we can succeed. To our clients, because sometimes they don't like. I just took a listing yesterday. She doesn't have an attorney, so I recommend an attorney. You know, some people think that oh, I don't need to have any relationships with anybody. It's too much work, etc. Let them just go find their own. Um, how does that affect the deal? Probably a lot, right? If you're used to working with the same attorneys and bankers, etc., stagers, photographers, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you, you know, know your life getting. is going to be. You know, you're getting. There's a certain level of expectations, and and it has to be met, and. For me personally, I recommend, you know, I, I don't like doing deals with attorneys or mortgage brokers or bankers that, you don't know. that I don't yeah, know. Agreed. Um, that's when you know. run into hiccups. So I'm always strongly advising them to use someone. I don't give one, for example, I'll give a number of them and say, look, choose from these guys, but I've done deals with them. They're vetted. They prioritize they're you. Exactly. But that's my uncle big. has a law degree and lives in no. Syosset. No. Right. <laughs> no lawyers from Tennessee. Long Island. <laughs> no. There we go again with Long Island. Uh, no, it's very true. Uh, so we were going to talk today about digital uh, marketing and all that, you know, social media stuff. But the guest that we were supposed to have on today couldn't make it last minute. Jury duty. We all understand what that's about. So we're going to postpone that topic for, you know, another time. But in the interim, I want to just quickly um, ask all of us about our social media um, structure, posture, you know, thoughts, good, bad, not. I mean. You know, I kind of go back and forth with it. Sometimes I think it works. Sometimes I don't think it works. Um, what do you think? Selfies. <laughs> you have to keep up with the Joneses. For the you most have to keep part. up with the Joneses, yeah. yeah. 
But do you get a little tired sometimes when you're looking at these social media websites, and I don't want to name them, but we all know what they are, when all you see is one real estate ad after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next. And I mean, last night I posted a couple of myself, and it's like I hadn't done that in a while. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, have, to, you, have, to, you have to mix it up with some personal I stuff. I do. Yeah. Who wants to see yeah. that? Yeah, I think, well, I think, if you're being creative, there's an opportunity yeah. there. I th- you have I to think, give personality uh, to it, corny, too. Corny is corny. I don't think people want to see corny stuff. <laughs> You have to make it a little more organic, concise, and you have like a lot of these like infomercials from brokers right now. You get in your feed, and it's just like oh, uh, they're it's a it's a picture based format. It's not like yeah, but it's getting inundated with the sales aspect. Yeah. Getting inundated, absolutely. Um, but I mean, there are all different kinds of stuff. like these Instagram stories. I mean, I stopped looking at Instagram stories. They are all about. This tall building, that tall building. I want to see something about your life. I you want to make fun of this. No. Just giving you advice indirectly. No, I probably haven't looked at it in a while. But I mean, the point is, but, but this is, you know, everybody doing the same thing, keeping up with the Joneses. Anna, I get that, but I think what's important to know on social media is that that, especially for real estate agents, is that if you're trying to sell an apartment on every post, that's that's right. like the wrong right. way to go, right? Absolutely. It's important to like what Vince just said is is show your life, show yeah. maybe the behind Personality. behind the scenes. Ryan Sirman actually, actually said that in his recent book. I don't know if anyone I I got I enjoyed the book. Um, Ryan Sirhan, and he's like, listen, you know, try twenty five percent, do a business post, but then let people show your life. I thought that was sage advice. He put something out like, recently right. about goals for the start of the year. I thought mm-hmm. was really yes. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just read that not too long ago. I thought it was very well. He He's pretty uh, sharp when it comes to that stuff, and I think whoever's doing this social media does a good job with it. But I think we just need to be mindful. No, Niall has said this for a long time. We just have to be very mindful as to what we post. Sean has said the same thing. You know, just don't put crap out there because people get turned off and they don't want to see it. Put stuff that's meaningful and critical to your business. And unfortunately, on that note, and I don't know if I'm going to get through this, but in, on that note, <laughs> we are out of time for the day. That's our broadcast. Thanks to my uh, guest. <laughs> and panel, as always, shoot for the moon, everybody. If you miss, you may land on the trees. Or you might land on the stars. And the only person you, you should try to be better than is the person you were yesterday. Be kind to one another. For all of us at Voice America, all around the world, thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.